Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Bob. How have you been, Ben? <laughs> uh, okay, I guess. That was a little... <laughs> Sorry, I'm maniacally laughing. I don't know about maniacally. What do you mean? What do you know? What? It's more of a giggle. That wasn't a giggle. The diabolical giggle. I'll take that. I'll take that. Anything new with you? Anything you want to talk about? Because I have things I want to talk about on the podcast. I I told you this before the podcast. Mm, no. None? None? Okay. We'll start with something that I know you want to talk about, but you forgot. That, you know what? That's probably true. The Nosferatu thing. Oh, Everybody yeah! Saw- I knew- See? Look, I'm... Yeah. I started writing things down, Ben. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. No, I'm getting old. I'm getting forgetful in my old age, so I started to keep notes on what we were talking about on the podcast. And your old age, Bob. I was the one with the birthday. I'm the old one. Only by a little bit. You're a small, short, manlet of a child. Oh, my God. Don't call me a manlet. I swear to God, I'll leap across this table and no, start No, no, no. You don't get to say shit. I was listening to the backlog, and you called me a, what, a five- for manlet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When did I do that? I don't know, a while ago. <laughs> that does sound like something I would do. <laughs> I think it's on the same episode that I imply you're shorter than me. Oh, yeah. I so, was mad about that. I don't know what you were thinking because you were like shooting yourself in the foot there. Because if I'm a 5'4 manlet and you're a good four inches no, shorter than I'm me. No, because I'm taller than you and you won't admit it on the podcast. <laughs> and you're a five foot <laughs> man. Oh, my God. Okay. All right, Ben. So... There is apparently a remake of Nosferatu yes. coming out, and it looks like 2024. And if you're unfamiliar with uh, Nosferatu, I, how much do you know about it? Uh, I've seen the the GIFs and also the SpongeBob episode. I mean, that's how I think most people know it. If yeah. you don't know, it's is it the hash-slinging slasher episode of SpongeBob? I think so. Where at the very end of it, there's a guy flipping the light switch, Yeah, and it's like this bald-looking guy with pointy teeth and like pointy ears and that's Nosferatu they say the name on the episode but the actual like character Nosferatu is from a German expressionism film Mm -hmm. so way way back at the birth of cinema uh, there was a German movement of films that is bizarre like we had too much absinthe bizarre (laughs) oh my god and is vaguely uh, horrific and one of the most famous films from that I'm going to call it a genre, is Nosferatu, which was a kind of a legal adaptation of Dracula. That's I thought it was like Dracula canon. No, so basically they wanted to do Dracula, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get the rights for it. Mm, that so makes they sense. just slightly changed the name of all the characters. They're <laughs> like, ah, it's Nosferatu! That's fucking funny. <laughs> I had no idea. And so... um. Yeah, it, it's it's a very interesting film, and it's primarily because of the movement it's from, not the actual like story itself. Because the story is basically Dracula, really, for the most part. I mean, it's it's a gothic vampire story, even if there's some differences between Dracula. It's the same same hat, you know same what I vibe, mean? Same vibe, same feel. But the vibe is very different because it's uh, German expressionism. I see. You've never seen anything from that genre. Bob, it is so weird. Mm. I love it. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is one of my favorite films from that Oh, that's also from that? Okay. Yeah. 
I didn't but know that. the style of that is so distinct. The most, like, I don't know, like, the closest approximation I could give you is, do you know um, the guy who does the Grand Budapest Hotel? Uh, Wes and, Anderson. Yeah. I was going to say, what's that other film? Asteroid Town? Meteor Town? Oh, Asteroid City or whatever? Asteroid City, whatever. I think he does Moonlight Kingdom. Anyways, I love Wes Anderson. But you know how his style looks? Mm-hmm. Where it's very, very, like, bizarre? Yeah, it's super, like, fake, but also real at the same time. That's kind of how German Expressionism is. Oh, that's cool. But gothic. That's actually really sick. And also, like, a lot more close to the playcraft because, you know, it's earlier mm-hmm. in cinema. Anyway, it's very distinct, very weird. And so some people really like it. And one of the people who really likes Nosferatu is this little brand new director guy <laughs> named uh, Robert Eagers. And he's been a fan of, like, Nosferatu, I think, for a very, very long time. Yeah. And if anyone doesn't know him, his, like, fir- first, like, feature-length film, or at least his first very, very big film, was The Witch. Yeah. Um, which We haven't got know. to cover on the podcast We haven't yet. covered on the podcast. I love The Witch. I think it's great. I have a um, like a print of Black Phillip in my room, <laughs> but you know that's a very like what sixteen uh, hundreds, yeah, seventeen hundreds. So. It's a very stylistic piece, mm-hmm. and that was like his first full length feature, and it's very very good. And once he made that, he's been talking about doing Nosferatu because mm-hmm. he's the director who's directing the one that's coming out in twenty twenty four, and he was kind of the opinion that it would be sacrilegious for him to do it as like his second film yeah because he's one of those people that really really likes it and when you really really like a film you want to do a good job with it if you ever touch the source material Mm -hmm. so he's gotten a couple films under his belt now the lighthouse the northman is what came out after the witch and then the northman is is most recent heard very good things about both of those movies yeah but yeah now he's like i'm i'm just gonna do it (laughs) well from what i know about him he loves doing like historical pieces Mm-hmm. And loves because from what I know, the witch is super like historical and accurate. It's in like all. It's not old English, and it's definitely not Middle English. Actually, it might be Middle English. But for him to tackle something like Nosferatu, which is set in a specific period and a time and place, and has a certain vibe, is very exciting. Yeah, I, I think my point here is he's a very big fan of the original Nosferatu, and he's also a, I think, a very very good horror director, who is biggest thing he has going for him is just his style like he's able to make these very stylistic kind of gothic features see and so Nosferatu fits that exactly and that's exactly exciting. I think he'll do a good job with the new movie so I guess we just wanted to mention that again it's supposed to come out in 2024 but it doesn't look like that's super firmly set yeah um, that's kind of just um, just kind of guesses at this point yeah I just thought I'd bring it up because a it's a movie you're excited about B, it's horror news, and also I just think it's fairly interesting because I don't know a ton about Nosferatu. And I've been looking at some of the cast lists that I can find. I'm not sure how accurate it is, but you can, like, go check, you know, like, IMDb for Mm -hmm. stuff. And um, do you know who's playing Nosferatu? Isn't it someone, like, mega famous? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember who it is, but I remember seeing... I know it was someone famous, but I don't know who it is. Bill Skarsgård. Oh, shit. That's actually... That's cool. So. I like I liked Bill Skarsgård a lot. I think that'll be fun. No, yeah, that'll be cool for sure. Anyways, okay. that that's that's the Nosferatu thing. You sure you don't have anything before I continue down my list? I mean, I f- I forgot anything, so just go ahead. Cool. This is semi relevant because of the movie we watched for your birthday. 
Oh, you mean Dude Bro Party Massacre 3? Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, which if you haven't checked that episode out, go watch it. It's funny. It's a good time. You might want to watch Dude Bro Party Massacre and Dude Bro Party Massacre 2 first. They don't exist, Ben. You can't be gaslighting. They do. Stop trying to gas lamp the they audience. They were lost the time. Stop because trying of to Ronald gas Reagan. the audience. <laughs> if you're curious what we're talking about, we explain it on the episode. Uh, we don't explain it that well. That movie was kickstarted. Yes, it was. You know what else got kickstarted? Uh, are you talking about Deathgasm 2? Deathgasm 2, motherfucker. a while ago? Yes. I thought I told you about it when it happened, but I don't think I did. No, did you I? did. Okay. We, we just did. didn't talk about it because I forgot, but I wrote it down this time. In my old age, my feeble mind, I wrote it down. Yeah, how much did it make out of its uh, wanted budget? I have no idea. I okay. didn't really do any research. I just thought I'd bring it up because I couldn't remember if you knew or not. I can look it up again. But I just wanted to bring up Deathgasm 2 because we watched Deathgasm on the podcast a while ago. And I I think at the end of the episode, you gave like a fact. You're like, yeah, Deathgasm 2 like isn't going to happen. And then a couple of months ago, you sent me a thing like, Deathgasm 2 is happening. Yeah, so uh, when we did the episode, the director had at that point been like, yeah, it's not happening because we couldn't get funding. And I guess uh, he changed his mind. He was like, I think I can get the funding from a Kickstarter or something. I I don't know what changed. I think it was probably he was thinking about it and he had to talk to the actors because it's been what? Uh, It's been a while. Because when's the original? 2015? 15? Mm -hmm. So it's been almost... It's been like eight years. It's been almost... 10 years, Bob. About 9. 2015 to 2023. But we're at the almost 2024. True. It's 9 years. But Let's see. It made 325000 And it looks like their goal was 300000 Hell yes. They did it on 2,015 backers. That's awesome. Which is pretty cool. The cool thing about that is I was actually, when you sent it to me, I looked through the rewards. Some of those rewards for that, if you give a bunch of money, are nuts. Oh, yeah, but the ones for giving, the nuts ones were insane amount of money. Oh, insane amounts of money, but it was still really cool. Yeah. Like, you get, like, a custom Deathgasm guitar. You get to be flown out and be an extra on set. Like, yeah. there were some crazy ones. I don't know. I just thought that was exciting because I know you and I both like that movie. It was. It's a very, very fun film, and I'm excited to see what they do with a number two. Especially... I don't know if this budget's going to be higher or not, but it's kickstarted, so I mean, this is going to be more like. I think it's higher because I think they had what we said it on the episode. It's like two hundred thousand or something. Mm-hmm. I guess my thing is because they have a bunch of fan investment. This feels more like a a fan service kind of thing at the same time as like being a cool movie, and that's exciting because that's exactly what I want from that type of film. I think the interesting part is we've already had Deathgasm, so it gets the start without all the build up. Mm-hmm. And hopefully fucking Zach won't be in this movie. <laughs> I think he has to be in the movie. He's dead. Uh, kind of. No, he's he's 100% dead. He's not. I mean, he still is around. He's in hell. Yeah. He's dead. But he still talks. Yeah, I guess. I just, his character sucks. Yeah, but that movie's fun. That movie is fun. Except for Zach. Yeah. I like that actor. Yeah. Not No problem with him. No, he's fine. His character. He does a really good job of being a dirtbag. Just the worst. Okay. Uh, last thing. Well, I hope it's not the last thing because we do have to pick what we're watching today. Uh, last unrelated thing. Oh, okay. Our Spotify Wrapped came out, both yeah. of ours. Yeah. In the podcast, the only interesting thing from the podcast that I want to mention is we did. I think we did the math, and it was like told us that we had like seven point three minutes created on Spotify, and that's like a hundred and twenty three hours or something. Seven point three minutes. Seven point three k minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> 
My bad. Second time oh, today. Wow, very short podcast. Which is crazy. Yeah, Bob was like, I did the math. That's like 1,200 hours. No, don't make me feel like <laughs> a fool, Benjamin. <laughs> he was like, oh, wait. <laughs> I did the math wrong. But I just thought that was interesting because I didn't actually know how long. Because I'm pretty sure Spotify Wrapped only accounts for after, like, I think after we started putting it on Spotify is all on there. So I think it's, it's it everything every we've episode. done. Yeah. yeah. Everything we've done so far is at 7.3K minutes. we started this year putting stuff on Spotify. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. 121 hours, 123 hours. Yeah, I mean, we've almost done that many episodes. Yeah. It averages out to about an hour each. Yeah, with that being said, though, I guess we can get to the actual podcast now. Yeah, the podcast part of the podcast? Podcast part of the podcast. Now, Bob, you have two categories left with one spot each. They are pre-code. Yeah. And then Neo Monster Movies. And we've discussed last week that you were probably just going to go with Neo Monster Movies today. Is that I think that stands true. Yeah, I figured. Because, A, every pre-code movie this season has been very good. Yeah. And I don't want to end the movie... End the movie. End the season on a bad movie. Not a bad movie. The, the monster, you know, monster movies have been good. I like them. They're cool, but they're not amazing. They're not. They're not peak cinema, Benjamin. Yeah, they're fun, which is cool. Like I love a good fun movie. But pre-code movies. But pre-code movies have been like exceptionally well done. Yeah, we've done what Invisible Man and Freaks. Freaks and Freaks is. I'm still reeling from. Bob that film. almost cried. Tears yeah. of sadness. Tears of sa- the only <laughs> film to make me cry on this podcast is Day of the Dead. It was over stupid fucking bub. No, dude, no. Shut your mouth. It was that was a that was an attack on you. That that was why I said that about bub. Yeah, yeah, I know. Anyway, I'm picking Neo Monster movies because I want to end the season on a very very good film. <gasps> Shocker. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the ending of the season on a shitty movie sucks. We haven't done that in a while. We haven't done that in a hot minute, but it does blow ass. So I'm picking the last Neo Monster movie spot. I hope it's a good movie. Ben, what are we watching? All right. Uh, I'm going to let you know. I'm going to say this uh, stylistically right now, and then I'll, I'll say the actual name. We're watching Pumpkinhead. Oh, shit. Okay, so, cool. You know, Pumpkinhead. Yeah, okay. This is actually a movie I've wanted to watch for a while. Yeah. Um, It came out in 1988. Oh my god, I didn't realize this movie was from the 80s. I thought it came out in the 90s. Well, it's almost the 90s. Almost. Yeah. But it's still the 80s. Kind of like 1999, still the 90s. And not the 2000s. Shut up. (laughs) Description. He is vengeance. Oh my god. You're you're starting to get real real comfortable doing these voices during the descriptions. That one's scary. That one wasn't scary. I'm a scared little man. Well, that's, that's not a high bar. You're right. Um, it's an hour and 26 minutes long. Huh. It's rated R. Thank God. Review scores. IMDb gave it a 6.2 out of 10. Tomato Meter gave it a 65%. And an audience score of 48%. You know what? That's higher than I expected. Um, it doesn't have any wins, but it does have three nominations. Uh, notable actors. We're starting big. Lance Henriksen. Literally who? Ed Harley. <laughs> I don't know who that is. It's, it's okay, Bob. Okay. Um, You've never seen, I think, the franchise he's most famous for. Well, you've oh. seen one of the movies in this franchise. Um, he's Bishop in Aliens. Oh, okay. He's one of the more important actors from that entire franchise. Okay. Like, one of the most important actors from that franchise. John D'Aquino as Joel. 
Um, he played R- President Richard Martinez in Cory in the House. <laughs> I did not expect the Cory in the House jump on this one. That's fucking funny. He was in 34 episodes between 2007 and 2008. Jeff East as Chris. Uh, he played young Clark Kent in Superman, the 1978 one that Bob hasn't seen still. Carrie Remsen as Maggie. Uh, she played girlfriend in A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Oh. Kimberly Ross as Kim played cheerleader 2 in The Last Starfighter. Buck Flower as Mr. Wallace. He's a character, like actor. He's very famous. Okay. Um, I don't know if we've seen him before in the podcast. I don't know either. And the movies I think of when I think Buck Flowers, I know you haven't seen. Okay. Like, he's in sorority babes in the slime ball bowlerama which I, oh, I know you haven't seen i know we haven't seen that but it's a movie that we've mentioned before on the podcast yeah but yeah he plays mr wallace he also played red the bum in back to the future oh he's the bum okay i've seen back to the future yeah do you know who i'm talking about vaguely he's like sleeping on the bench yes i think at the end of the movie specifically mayim bialik as christine wallace uh she played amy farrah fowler from the big bang theory Vaguely know who that is. Okay, so you know the Big Bang Theory, right? Yes, Ben. Do you know Amy? Vaguely. I haven't uh, seen that show. Like, I've never sat down and watched it, but I've seen clips on the internet. You're not a Big Bang Theory fan? No. I'm not either. Uh, she's, like, female Sheldon. Oh. That's basically her character. Okay. Uh, it's more complicated than that. As most things are. But, like, she's his romantic interest. Okay. I just wanted to point out it's funny that she's in this. Okay. Because, I mean, she's on 203 episodes of that show. Oh, my like, God. Like, she's a a fairly well-known actor. Yeah. Anyways, Joel Hoffman as Steve Scratch. <laughs> uh, he played TJ in Slumber Party Massacre 2. Oh, we have to get there. Uh, are you more excited for that franchise now that we've seen Dude Bro Party Massacre um, 3? I, I think I am. Yeah, it gets you the feel. Mostly because, well, never those, mind. Well, those movies are a lot more, um, what's the best way to put this? Serious? Yeah. Shockingly enough. And straight as yeah. well. Because <laughs> uh, Dubro Party Massacre 3 was very, very, very gay. <laughs> very gay. Cynthia Bain as Tracy. She played Lisa Wilcox in Spontaneous Combustion. Florence Schaefer as Haggis. Uh, she played Sister Mary Frances in Bachelor Party. Brian Bremer as Bunt. Uh, he played Petrie in Society. Oh, shit. He was at the convention. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why we almost watched Society for uh, convention prep. Ugh. We didn't tell you guys that, but Bob was like, no. No, I don't know if that's what happened. It now. was a late edition. He joined like very, very end. And yeah, I was like, and I do think... you want to end Society to the last movie on the convention prep? And you're like, nope. Nope, I'm tired. I'm done. Yeah, I think that was because we just watched, what, 20-something movies in a row. Yeah. And we were both like, you know what? We're about to start Friday. Do we really want to add another film before we start recording those Friday episodes? That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And also, Bob didn't want to watch Society. Well, that's completely fair, I think. Matthew Hurley as Billy Harley. He played Bo Quint in I Know What You Did Last Winter. It's a completely unrelated film to I Know What no You Did way, Last Summer. No way. It's completely unrelated. No goddamn way. I checked. I was like, what is this film? I couldn't even find it on like Google. But yes, as far as I'm concerned, it's completely unrelated. Jesus Christ. It sounds like a bad ripoff. Yeah. Lee DeBro as Tom Harley. 
uh, played Sal in RoboCop. Oh. Madeline Taylor Holmes as Old Hill Woman. She played Granny Hawkins and the outlaw Josie Wales. Tom Woodruff Jr. as Pumpkinhead. Uh, he was the lead alien in Alien Resurrection. Hmm. You ready to get hyped? Okay. Well, you know what? I'll do this reverse order. I'll do the hype last. Mushroom as Gypsy. <laughs> Mushroom. Uh, what the fuck? Mushroom's a dog. Oh, dog. Uh, they were Barney and Gremlins. You know the dog in Gremlins? Yes. Same dog. Mushroom. That's cool. Um, okay, you ready to actually get hyped? Oh, my God. Okay. This is something I don't think you ever thought was going to happen again, but you've been hopeful since the beginning. No way. Dick Warlock. Let's go! <laughs> As Clayton Heller. Fuck yeah. Um, oh, God. I, I I love Dick Warlock. He's the man in the opening credited as Richard Warlock. Um, nice. You know, the shape in Halloween 2. And he's also in Halloween 3. Is he in Halloween 3? Yes. Explicitly because we watched Halloween 2, then we watched it, and I went, oh, he's back. And I remember that. It's in my noggin. I thought the scene in Halloween 3 is from Halloween. Is it from Halloween 2? It's Halloween 2, and he's in Halloween 3. He's one of the uh, robo- robots. Oh, I guess that's true. I thought you were talking about the, the sequence with Michael. No. That's not Dick Warlock. That would be Nick Castle. I know. That, or that not was, Nick Castle. I think it might be Tony Moran. I think it was Nick Castle in that scene. You that's so? what I thought you were referring to, and I was like, he doesn't play Michael. I would, lo- I would love to meet Dick Warlock. He's one of my favorite people. Uh, director, Stan Winston. I don't know who that is. You should know who that is. He's he's an effects guy, like okay. he, a super super famous effects guy. Um, cool, but he didn't he didn't direct a lot of stuff, but he did direct a couple films. For instance, in 1990, he did a gnome named Norm, <laughs> with a G, G N O R M. Oh my God! The writers are Mark Patrick Carducci. Uh, he also wrote Neon Maniacs, uh, and he's responsible for the screenplay and story. Uh, Gary Girani. Uh, he did Trading Paint. He's r- responsible for the screenplay. And then Stan Winston, you know, the director. He's also written Ghosts, and he did the story. And then finally there's Richard Weinman. He also wrote Hard Time, and he did the story as well. Uh, budget estimated at $3.5 million. It's a lot of money in 88. It's Yeah, but it's pretty low. Like, this is a low-budget film. Mm-hmm. Like, th- $3.5 million is a lot in 88. It's very little. I guess for well, it's films. a lot for horror in 80s. Yeah. In 88, right? I'm Well, no, because Friday the 13th and all those films were really I big. I guess that's true. It's actually a pretty small budget for a film in general. Well, no, because like if I remember correctly, around this time, what was coming out? Friday Part 8 or something. And that Well, that movie had an egregious budget because it was the most expensive one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a passable budget. But remember, this is a. Do you know about Pumpkinhead? I know it's like crazy creature feature type. Thing. Right. So three point five million dollars is not a lot for a creature feature film. Mm. You know okay. what I mean? Box office though four point three eight. I mean they made their money million, so they made their money. But yeah, it's not good. But I've heard good things. Like people love this movie. Yeah. There, uh, there's honestly some good parts of this movie, and there's some bad parts. Okay. I, I'm one of those people who I'm like, eh, on Pumpkinhead. All right. Like there was a, I don't know. We'll talk about it after. But I, the first time I watched this film, I was like, I could see so much I wanted from this film, and I was really? like, certain parts of this I really liked, and then certain parts I was just kind of disappointed. Okay. So we'll see what you think. 
Anyways, country of origin, United States, also known as Vengeance the Demon. <laughs> That's a pretty hard name, honestly. Yeah. That was the um, worldwide English alternative title. Uh, tagline is a grim fairy tale. That's cool. Not like Brothers Grimm. It's 1M. No, yeah. Yeah. As far as facts go, uh, this is the directorial debut of Stan Winston. So this is his first thing. Cool. And in fact, I think how he ended up getting it is they sent him a copy of the script. And they were like, hey, we want you to do effects for this film. And he was like, no, I'm going to do this film. <laughs> it is mine now. That's awesome. But like the other big thing to note here is that this film would go on to start a franchise um, that would include a direct-to-video sequel, two TV film sequels, and a comic book series. Oh, there's a Pumpkinhead comic book? Apparently. I've never read it. That's cool. But like, if you can tell from that, it never achieved like success but it did get like a cult following Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and then this is one of those things i i couldn't necessarily confirm but it is my understanding that this film is based on a poem of the same name by ed justin Hmm. but i believe it's unpublished that's cool so you can't like read it or anything which is a little so allegedly yeah okay so yeah that's all i got though So I guess we're just going to go watch the movie now. Yeah. We'll see you guys in a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Jesus. You got to say it right. I'm not. Right? Pumpkinhead. It's not. That's not. No. Stop it. Pumpkinhead. Get some help. Yeah. What did you think, Bob? I like it. You liked it? Yeah, I, I like it. That's good. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Might be my favorite movie that we've seen this season. Really? Maybe. I think this was the movie I was least excited to watch. Really? Yeah. You can't see it, audience. I'm literally pogging out over Cause here. Because, like, don't, we definitely watched some worse movies, right? Oh, yeah. But I hadn't seen them. And I'd seen this one. Okay. I guess that kind of makes and sense. And out of all the movies I've seen on the board, this was, like, the one I was least excited about rewatching. Mm. No, this is like peak my style of film. Yeah, if that makes sense. There's some I'm gonna say it right now. I there's some things I really really like about this film, and there's some things that I'm kind of like meh on. Sure, that bring my I, overall enjoyment of it down. I kind of feel the same way, but I don't think I have as big of a problem with the mess stuff as you do. If that makes sense. Yeah, they're not like meh. This takes away from the film. They're more like meh. I could see what could be improved, and now I just feel kind of iffy about the movie okay interesting but we'll, we'll get into it in a minute if you're okay i'll just start with the description yeah and we'll get into it uh so obviously you know spoilers going forward but the premise here is pretty pretty simple first of all the movie starts off with the cold open oh i love the cold open of this film which assumedly set what i don't know 30 years in the past uh that seems probably about right yeah probably about 30 years uh that's a good good enough guess that's but a good guesstimate it's this guy running away from something and essentially a kid watches him get murdered by this creature. Yeah. And, you know, we jump to the present day, and this, this kid's all grown up, and he's... What's his name? It's Billy. No, Billy's the kid. No, you're right. Ed Harley. Is it Ed? Yeah, it's Ed Harley. They just, everyone just calls him Mr. Harley. They just call him Mr. Harley, but it's Ed Harley, because um, Bob's least favorite character kept calling him Ed Harley, like his full name. Mm. But Ed Harley's played by Bishop from Aliens, and... He's living a nice little peaceful life. He's a single dad to Billy Harley. Yes. Um, this little kid that I told Bob during the movie kind of looks like a combination of Harry Potter <laughs> and, 
and the the brother from Stuart Little, like the live action movies. Yeah. And you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. That's the thing. But, you know, long story short, he's living this idyllic life and he runs a grocery and he's just like a really good dad. Yeah, man. And one day while running the grocery, he has to leave his kid alone for a little bit. Like five minutes. I think to run back to his house. Yeah. Well, he's gone. There's some they're like city kids mm-hmm. that had stopped at the food market to pick up some supplies uh, before heading to like their cabin where they're staying for assumedly the weekend. Yeah, like on like a little camping trip thing. They had started dirt biking outside at Harley's establishment. And while he's gone, Billy, who had been told to stay inside, ends up running outside after his dog, Gypsy, mm-hmm. and ends up getting hit by a dirt bike. Yep. And it, it's never explicitly said, but they, like, body checked the little kid. Uh, he's, like, 10. Yeah. And assumedly it crushes some of his ribs. They impale his lungs Yeah, and he stuff. gets fucked up. Because he looks fine, but he's not really moving, and there's some blood coming out of his nose. It, it's not good. He ends up dying. And in response to that, Ed Harley ends up going to this old lady in the woods. Her name's, what, Haggis? Yeah, I think I think that's right. Which is, I think, a, a play on words for, like, hag. Mm-hmm. Wretched old bitch, but she is. Bob doesn't like old ladies, and this one's up in his list for not liking old ladies. <sighs> and, you know, long story short... He goes to her because he's heard she's, like, essentially a witch or a hag. Mm-hmm. And he knows that she can summon Pumpkinhead, which is this local legend about... It's essentially, like, a demon that can avenge wrongdoings. Yeah. And he gets her to summon Pumpkinhead, and Pumpkinhead seeks vengeance. Mm-hmm. So that that's the premise right there. And I'm going to be honest, that was a pretty spoilery description. Yeah. Because straight off the bat, the thing to know about this film is there's a lot, a lot of setup. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The first 40, 50 minutes are basically what I just described. Like, it's a it's a slow setup. So sorry if I, I spoiled a lot there, but I, I still recommend you go watch the film before we, you know, continue with our review. Yeah, for sure. But on that note, I think we can just start talking about it. Um, is there anything particular you want to talk about, or do you just want me to maybe start? Go for it. There's a couple of things I want to talk about, but I think they're the same things you want to talk about, so I'll just let you lead the way. Okay, since we just mentioned it, I'm going to start with talking about pacing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the pacing of this film is very, very good for the most part. Really? Yeah. So, like I said, all that setup stuff I just described in the brief description happens over like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it's my favorite part of the movie. No, same. It does so much for establishing atmosphere and a bunch of other stuff. We get to see, like, the relationship between Billy and Ed, which is really great and makes Billy's death later on super tragic. Oh, my God. We get to see some of the interactions between the city kids, learn a little about them. Uh, but the big thing is we just get to see kind of the, the area yeah, the Harleys live in. And I just want to say this now. It's great. One of my favorite parts of the movie is how well they do, like, the backwoods. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of the more realistic portrayals you'll find in a horror movie. Because normally when you see stuff like that, they tend to go for the inbred kind of cannibal look. Where they're like, oh, you know, the people who live in the hollers are scary. And Yeah, I mean, they always try and play it off as creepy because that's, like, supposed to be the scary part of the film. But this film takes a very different approach and treats them like people. People who just live here, and this is just the way that they live. And 
it's so cool. It's cool and it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also very, very atmospheric. Oh, man, it makes a lot of the scenes in this movie super pretty and, like, cinematic. Yeah. And, you know, going even more into it, the whole establishment with, like, the witch mm-hmm. is so well done. And, I mean, Bob, I think, was on the edge of his seat when we get the first seer. Oh, my God. She's fucking horrifying. We've basically built up to this this character we didn't even know existed over 50 minutes. like an minutes. hour? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I think the pacing there is very, very good. But I, I said it's not my favorite thing ever because this movie is very short. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only an hour and 26 minutes, and I don't know, how long would you say the f- the intro credits are? Like oh, a, a minute or two? Yeah, I was going to say like three minutes maybe. They're fairly long. You know, if that's not enough, there's, there's credits on the end. Mm-hmm. Didn't see how long those are. So maybe the actual film's only like 120, not 120 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very, very short. And we spend the first like hour, 50 minutes doing setup. And so... My only problem with the pacing is, like, the back half of the film, the film with all the pumpkin head stuff, feels very short. Almost too short. Hmm. In a way I don't like, personally. There's nothing, like, too particular I can put my my finger on. But for how atmospheric and slow the first half of the film is, and for how much I love it, the back half of this film feels rushed and feels like it really just loses that atmosphere that the first half built. Yeah, uh, I... I'm not sure so much if that's maybe the pacing or if it's just the fact that now we have a very visible monster and not like the whole atmosphere core. I think it's because it loses the atmosphere at the back half of the film because you're dealing with a monster. But honestly, I think it might be both things together. But because like the atmosphere at the beginning of this film is just so, so good. Yeah. And I, I think it's because the atmosphere at the beginning of the film doesn't really – there's – this is like a Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 situation where, like, the first movie is all, like, set up and it's sort of slow and atmospheric and, like, everything. And by the time you get to 2, you've kind of jumped the gun and you've gotten over. Like, all of that, like, the build-up's all there. This movie's a bunch of build-up, but there's no flip. Like, there's no point in which I go, oh, now we're to the monster part of the film. It just feels like it sort of stops being atmospheric and becomes a monster film. Yeah. Out of nowhere. And I don't know how you would do a good transition. I don't either. And that that's my issue here. It's because, like, I don't hate the premise here. No, it's great. It's a cool premise. But there's a there's just this different in tone, like, difference in tone that yeah. I don't think works. It doesn't mesh like I want it yeah. to. Yeah. And I, I it just stands out to me for how good that beginning half mm-hmm. is. The second half seems really lacking because we abandoned that tone. And I don't think it's lacking because of, like, the creature or, like, the deaths or anything it doesn't feel as refined as the rest of the film in a certain way like it just it lacks depth i guess yeah i I will say this now maybe that's a writing thing maybe that's a a shooting thing but it also might be a budget thing the second half of this film is a lot more expensive than everything else i mean yeah you got a lot more creature it, it features the creature pretty heavily and i mean at the end of the day Creature effects were very expensive, especially yeah. back in the 80s when everything's practical. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can even tell they, they were really trying to stretch their budget pretty far with some of these shots. Like, sadly, a lot of the shots of the creature are very distinctly a hand. Yeah. Which you can always tell is a budget-saving measure. I mean, the last time we saw very distinctive monster hands was in, um... Oh, what, <laughs> oh, what movie was it? Under Camps. Um, oh my god. 
with old uh, TP. With TP Madman. Yeah. They're the Madman hands. So you can definitely see the budget starting the show at the very end of the film. And that that might be some of the, where some of the issues come from. But. You know what I think it is? And I just thought about this, and it's something that hadn't really crossed my mind. The first half of this film, well, first half, three, three-fourths, the first three-fourths of this film is super focused, 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 focused on the relationship between Ed and Billy. Mm-hmm. Once Billy dies, it becomes less about those two characters and more about these college kids. And I'm going to be honest. I don't care about them. I don't care about them. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's where the film loses some of its heart, right? Is it becomes like a monster slasher film when it was originally this really, really like gut-wrenching piece about grief and like the loss of a child. Yeah. And I mean the supernatural elements were more folklore-esque because mm-hmm. they weren't distinct. They were more like, oh, the legend of the land kind yeah, of Yeah, they were like more – it was more a vibe and less overt. And yeah. once it becomes overt, it becomes more – like, it's cool for sure. Don't get me wrong. I just think they could have integrated it better into the beginning of the film. But yeah, I, that, that's that's one of my big issues here. And it's it's the thing I have a lot of trouble re-watching this film with. No, and I think that's fair. Because I, I, I really enjoy the first half. And then I'm like, oh, now I'm in these last 30 minutes and it feels so long. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. With that being said, the really the only other thing I want to talk about is the creature Yeah. in certain regards. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up before that? Like the sound, I know you like the sound. Oh uh, yeah, that's something that we should probably discuss. I do really enjoy the sound on this film, and it it almost reminds me of Alien in a lot of ways, which is something that we'll bring up later. This movie doesn't have a ton of music; it's a lot of either a silence, which I think silence is utilized so fucking well in this film. They do such a good job at knowing when there should be sound, when there shouldn't be sound, when there should be music. There are just so like the moment where Ed is running towards Billy and he's like laying in the grass after being hit is almost completely silent except all you can hear is his footsteps through the grass. That's it. It's only sound there. Yeah, a lot and of it's it, so good. A lot of it's naturalistic. And it's awesome. They just do such a good job at utilizing sound to once again create atmosphere and make it feel like it really ingrains you in the environment, which I think is a big part of this film is because of where it's set. You want to be ingrained in the environment. It yep. helps create tension and makes the film feel good. That's it. Okay. You just want to talk about the creature? Yeah, sure. All right. Ben said he had a problem with the creature, and I'm so curious what it is. I do. But before I get into that, I do want to mention I, I'm going to spoil some of the plot here for the creature. Okay. So kind of big reveal for the end of the movie here. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think it's one of those things that needs to go in a spoiler section. Just a heads up. Like, it's a minor background detail, but I, I do think it's worth mentioning as we describe the creature. But before I describe, like, my issue with it, let me just do a brief rundown of what Pumpkinhead is. Okay. So, first of all, it's, like, it's essentially a demon. Yeah. Summoned by the hag that lives in these mountains. But more than that, it it really is just a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we learn kind of throughout the film, and it, it is, a, again, a big reveal at the end, is that Pumpkinhead's like a person. Yeah. So my understanding of how the curse works is if someone's done something really bad, like murdered someone, someone who's like seeking vengeance can go seek the witch or the hag or whatever you want to call her and ask for like, the witch to help get vengeance for them, to summon Pumpkinhead. And the summon Pumpkinhead, what that person has to do is they have to go dig up 
the body of Pumpkinhead, which is in, go figure, a pumpkin patch that just happens to be in the center of a graveyard. Graveyard. It's so cool, by the way. And very distinctly, where Pumpkinhead is buried is like this raised platform of dirt, Mm -hmm. almost like an altar. Yeah. But basically, they have to go dig up. It looks like a shriveled fetus. Mm -hmm. But they have to go dig up Pumpkinhead, or the corpse of Pumpkinhead, bring it back to the witch. And then the witch will take the blood of the person who's asking for vengeance, assumedly the person who's been murdered, Yeah, mix it together with some other stuff, and then feed it to Pumpkinhead. And that resurrects Pumpkinhead. It grows from like this shriveled like corpse. Kind of looks like... You ever seen the Harry Potter movies? Mm. Voldemort at the train station in yep. the very last movie. That's what I was gonna. I was gonna mention Voldemort here, but like very just dis- you know the version I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly what you're the talking about. The little baby one. Yeah, yeah. It grows from that into you know the full grown monster that we see throughout the movie. And what's super interesting from this point on is Pumpkinhead then has a psychic connection with the person who like told the witch to summon it mm-hmm. and who's seeking vengeance. And so every time Pumpkinhead then murders someone, uh, this person sees it. And as Pumpkinhead gets closer and closer to completing its mission, they become more in sync, like to the point where the person who is seeking vengeance gets injured, Pumpkinhead will also get injured. Yep. And the reason for this is that once Pumpkinhead has done what it's supposed to do, it assumedly dies bursts in the flame, and then the person who seeked vengeance passes away, Mm -hmm. shrivels up, and is then buried by the witch to be the next version of Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Super dope. Super dope. Super sick full circle. I love that full circle thing because, first of all, it's just a very, very interesting way of, like, humanizing Pumpkinhead Mm -hmm. because, like we said, there's a cold open at the beginning of this film where we see Pumpkinhead which means that the person who summoned Pumpkinhead to, like, kill in that cold open is the Pumpkinhead we see in this film. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting for that reason. But it's also interesting because it, it very much is the, this is the price you have to pay for yeah. summoning Pumpkinhead. And they do a very good job at establishing, like, that there is a price to be paid. But for a lot of the film, you're led to believe that it's, like, spiritual. Like, you're going to go to hell. Yeah. Because Pumpkinhead's a demon, right? The fact that it's like an actual physical price is crazy. That you, like, basically, you couldn't seek vengeance yourself, so you had someone, like, a thing do it. Yeah. And your punishment is, okay, now you have to seek vengeance for someone else. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's also really dark scene at the end of the movie. Oh, God. We're kind of spoiling stuff here, anyways. That Ed Harley, of course, becomes the next pumpkin head. Um, he dies at the end of the film. Go figure. And the witch is burying him. And Bob didn't realize it was Ed. At first, I think you just thought it was Pumpkinhead yeah, shriveled just, up again. Yeah, I was like, oh, she's burying this f- fucking guy. Again. Until you saw that the fetus had a necklace that Ed wore the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, the thing I want to note here is that it looks like it's moving still. Oh, I didn't see that. There's a scene where it looks like it might be moving a little bit. Blech. Which is, I think, even more horrifying because it means it might be like alive the whole time it's buried. Yeah. Anyways... I think that's a an interesting conversation to have the whole run down there. And I, I do really, really like the curse of Pumpkinhead. No, it's super dope. I think it's really cool. And I think that's a good jumping off point for my, my issue with the creature. Now, okay. Bob, you think you have thoughts about what my issue is. Yeah. Do you want to just take a guess? Well, okay. This is something that I 
I was surprised by and I thought maybe Ben would bitch about. The movie's called Pumpkinhead. He doesn't have a pumpkin head. Okay. So kind of. Okay. That's, that's kind okay, of the okay, issue. Okay, 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 okay. Um, that's not necessarily an issue I have anymore, but it is a like a confusion I had when I first saw this film. No, see, I love it. I think it's my. I think it might be one of my favorite parts about the creature. Because like when I first watched this film, I was expecting maybe not literally a pumpkin head, but I guess a more like pumpkiny shape to his head. He it's vaguely pumpkin and shaped. He has a vaguely it's wrinkly pumpkin shaped head. It's more of a squash, yeah, than a pumpkin. Which I, same family, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's a thing I can get over. You know what I mean? Okay. Before- like stylistically, maybe I kind of would have wanted a pumpkin head. Okay. Can but I? It's can whatever. I, can I save it for you right now, yeah. or at least try to save it? Do you want to know why I think he's called Pumpkinhead? It's because of the pumpkin patch. Yes, yes, but also no. Think about where this movie's set. Think about the stories you would get told as a kid. To because I mean that's like a, a throwing thing is like the parents know about Pumpkinhead generally and like tell stories. Imagine you're some backwoods man or woman back in the day, and you see that thing walking through the woods. What are you gonna call it? It looks like it has a pumpkin for a head. So you call it pumpkin head. Yeah, no, I again it was a it was a minor thing the first time I watched the movie where I was like, Why doesn't your head look like a pumpkin? <laughs> and obviously after I got used to it, I was like, Okay, it's whatever. Cause you're right, it, it does make sense in the context of this film. Like it's a creature that comes from it a is pumpkin a, graveyard. Yeah, it's a cemetery, but it's essentially a haunted pumpkin patch. And its head vaguely looks pumpkin shaped. So Obviously, the whole thing of calling it Pumpkinhead makes a lot of sense when you're trying to describe it to, like, a child. Or anyone else that you don't know what the hell you saw. Yeah. So, you know what? Fine. Whatever. That's not my issue really, with Pumpkinhead. Really, that's not? Okay. My issue with Pumpkinhead, and I'm sorry, because once I tell you this, you can't unsee it. So, Stan Winston, the director, yeah. is really, really famous. He's worked on a, a ton, a ton of stuff. You're not very familiar with him, but I, I told you during the movie why he's famous. He's worked on, like, Terminator, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. Yeah. He also worked on Aliens. Yeah. And Pumpkinhead very distinctly looks like a xenomorph. Yeah. I said that during the movie. Yeah. And I don't like that. Really? Yeah. I think he looks too much like a xenomorph. Really? I don't think so. Yeah. In fact... I heard this and I a long time ago and I I couldn't find anything to like substantiate it. So take this with a grain of salt because like not sure of the truthfulness here, but I heard that the pumpkin head suit is actually like a super modified xenomorph suit from aliens. Mm, that could work. But even if it isn't like Stan Winston had done aliens not that long ago before this movie. So it makes sense that they look very similar. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not something I like. Real? I Honestly, don't have a problem with it at all. Because I love xenomorphs. They're one of my favorite like alien creatures. Mm-hmm. They're not my favorite. My favorite's The Thing. But that's an unfair comparison. Because The <laughs> Thing can be literally whatever. whatever it wants. And so seeing anything that's vaguely xenomorph-like is always kind of cool. You know what I mean? Sure. But my issue with this film in particular with a creature that kind of vaguely resembles a xenomorph is that... For a story with such a cool setup and background of, like, this curse and all that, and even, like, we we talked about the whole fact that its head really isn't a pumpkin but has a valid reason for being called Pumpkinhead. Mm-hmm. For the creature to feel so unoriginal 
kind of makes me sad. Because, like, it's just such an original story in a very classic way. But there's such a great setup for this creature. And then the first reveal you get of it is like, oh, that's just a xenomorph. I've seen this before. I don't know. It, it's it's always been my main sticking point with this film. Because, like, I don't hate Pumpkinhead's design. Again, it's basically a wrinkly, pale version of a xenomorph. And in of itself, that's kind of cool. They do a good job of not making that look stupid. Because that very much could have looked stupid. Like a naked baby looking xenomorph dude. But the fact it's something I've seen before, at least for me, makes this film feel very unoriginal and a part of the film that should be the most unique. I completely disagree with you. And it's just very, very frustrating. No. I think Pumpkinhead looks fucking awesome. And I don't think it looks too much like a xenomorph. It's similar. I'll get. I'll give you that. It's similar, which I guess my thing is I haven't seen Aliens, so I don't know what the xenomorph in that looks like. I, I don't just... think you've seen enough Aliens, Bob. It's not similar. It's near identical. Really? Oh, it is near identical. Because it doesn't really look like the xenomorph from Alien that much. No, because that's a... A drone. It looks like a warrior, which are the xenomorphs in Aliens. Mm. Like, even Pumpkinhead has these, like, shoulder spikes. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. Those are straight up in Aliens. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. It also has a tail for no reason. You know what else has a a tail? It's a demon. No, it's a man. But you know what does have a tail? A xenomorph. I don't know. I I, guess... I think maybe the... Maybe because this this isn't hitting you the same way because you haven't seen all the Alien movies... But by the time I'd watched this movie, I had already been exposed to all the Alien films. Mm-hmm. And so the similarities just really stuck out for me. One of the most egregious is Pumpkinhead's head is very distinctly the xenomorph head that they have then added stuff on the sides to to make it look lumpier mm. instead of that perfect, like, um, elongated skull. Yeah. It's just, it looks really close, and it's just too close for my liking. Honestly, because I again, I don't hate the design. I think it's really cool. Yeah, because trust me, you can fuck up pale humanoid looking xenomorph. I will say, I don't know what the I assume the xenomorphs in aliens don't have like human faces. No, pumpkin has a really good human face. The end of the movie. Only at the end of the movie. Well, and in the middle, too, because he like be emoting with those. It it starts to transform throughout the film, which I like, which I do like. I, I do like. Pumpkin head with the human face, mm-hmm. I think, more than the original pumpkin head. Because uh, the original face looks a lot more xenomorph-like. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of my biggest issue with this film. Is the... Because I'm so familiar with the creature that this looks I a lot like... I want to argue with you, but I don't have any knowledge to argue with you with. So I'm just kind of having to say bullshit. That's fair. I mean, if it's not... Because I really, really like the way pumpkin head looks. That's the thing. I do too. It's just also kind of... Familiar in a way that's disappointing for a unique film. And I guess I wasn't disappointed by it because I don't have the knowledge or, like, I haven't seen Aliens. Yeah. So I wasn't disappointed at all. I thought he was sick. Yeah, and that's that's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, this is not objectively an issue with the film. Mm-hmm. It's more of an issue of, oh, I wish the creature was more unique. Yeah. But what we have here is fine. And I can totally see that from your perspective. And it just sucks that... I don't know. I guess I'm sad that you feel that way because I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Well, you should be extra sad because I think once you watch all the Alien films and you come back to this one, you'll be like, oh, it's really rad, but it's also just an alien. It's close. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I, I think if it had been more unique, I wouldn't have that issue. Again, it's not a big point. It's a little thing. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's super disappointing because, like, the whole front half of this movie is so unique and different. And then it's like, oh, yeah, the alien. Which, by the way, comparison is even closer because the lead character of this film is Bishop <laughs> from <laughs> Aliens. Yeah. So m- your brain's already on that topic when you see the monster for the first time, mm-hmm. which doesn't help. Not that Bob's seen Bishop yet. No. On the topic of Ed Harley, that guy does such a good job. We haven't really talked about acting in this film. No, he's a really good actor. No, he's phenomenal. He was at um, not the convention we went to, but the mm-hmm. year before. Really? Yeah, he was there. No, dude, he is, does such a fucking killer job in this film. No, I, I really like him. He's he's a really really good actor. Like a lot a lot of the acting in this movie is fine, especially from like the college kids. But the performance, him and the hag, and the person who plays Pumpkinhead put up are really, really, really good. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is, it's a fairly low-budget film. And the guy who plays Ed, so Lance Henriksen, is just basically the most famous actor in this film by far. Oh, he's so good. And he's just a very, very good one. But yeah, that, that's that's honestly all I have to say about this. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I think there's one more thing I want to talk about before we move on. Okay. This movie... And I guess very unsimilar to the other Neo Monster movies is not very bloody or there's no like really gore. And that was not a disappointment as I thought it was going to be. No, it fits the tone of the first half of this movie. That's what I was going to say. It doesn't really fit the tone of the last half of this movie. But I think if you add guts and gore, make it gross, the first half of this movie loses its impact. I also think it makes the film more expensive. It also makes the film more expensive. But, like, whether it was an expense thing or an actual, like, choice. I think it was both. I'm glad they didn't include it because the blood and stuff that we get is very minimal. But it, it, I don't know, I guess it it would make the back half of this film feel fucking cheap as shit. Yeah, or it could make it, the transition, feel more impactful. Maybe, but I don't think so. I think it would be a a 50-50 thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Where if you, you pulled it off really well, it would maybe make the transition more solid. Yeah. And if you didn't... Because I think the most blood we get is what, like, blood, like, around people's mouths and stuff. And, like, yeah. some cuts and scrapes. Even if that, you know? But I don't know. I, I guess I was surprised at how little blood and guts there was in the neo-monster movie category, especially for this film. But I was... Delightly, delightfully surprised by the by the fact that it didn't ruin the movie. Do you mean pleasantly surprised? Yes, same thing, same word, not same, the same difference. Word. Same, you know what I mean. I think that's my last thing. I think we've covered everything I wanted to talk about. Okay, um, I guess we can go to recommendations now. If you want to start, yeah. Oh, if you want like backwoods Appalachia like folk horror esque film that isn't like inbred cannibals, cannibals. This movie's fantastic for that. Yeah, it's really hard to find something like that. It's so good. Like, the closest thing I can think of is Deliverance, but that's not really a horror movie. Yeah. Honestly, it's not. Mm. Interesting. We should watch it at some point. Yeah, we probably will. It's more of a, I don't know, like a suspense film? Oh, see, that sounds Like fun. a drama kind of thing? It's not really horror, but it's like... We've seen some pretty non-horror films lately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it feels like it should be a horror film but then it's not that's kind of awesome my next recommendation if you're into atmospheric films the atmosphere and the the mood of this film is incredible for the first half for the first half it's so 
so so good. Although there is some good monster stalking sequences. Oh, there's some incredible. The monster does some cool shit in this movie. I also it like acts it. weirdly human at times, which makes sense in hindsight. In hindsight, makes sense. In the moment, I went, "That's a little bit goofy." It's like a Looney Tunes. Yeah, a little bit. But after you know the end of the film, you go, "Oh my god!" It makes sense. That motherfucker was <laughs> smart. If you want a monster movie, I know this category is called Neo Monster Movie. This is a good monster movie. I like Pumpkinhead as a monster, even though Ben has issue has issues, and I can see where they come from. Going in kind of blind, like I have, not having seen Alien and stuff, Aliens and stuff. Yeah, fantastic. You're not like, super used to Xenomorphs yet. Yeah, so it it didn't really hit me. If you want a horror movie that's light on blood and guts, this is a great film for that. It's not. It's very creepy, so it's not like disgusting. So if you're into that, and you know, you have a problem with gore, it's a good film. I think that's it. All right. For me, I think same thing as Bob said, like right off the bat, if you want a horror film that kind of focuses on kind of the backwoods and like the hollers and just like real people who live there and not caricatures. Yeah. It's a pretty decent film for that. And then if you just like want a monster movie, it's a decent monster movie. It's just not the most original creature ever. And well, that again, wouldn't normally be a problem for me with how good the beginning of this film is. It's, feels disappointing however i think my biggest recommendation is if you want like a pretty like good atmospheric intro monster movie that isn't exactly like super gory or anything i think this is a great film for that this is a horror movie that i would like show to like a not a child but like someone who was younger who wanted to get into horror stuff because it's not very like there's nothing bad about this film really no I mean, it's... It's rated R, but honestly, I don't think it needs it. No, it's about the same... It's a lot more passable than, I think, Alien. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, it kind of reminds me of Jaws, where there's not a lot of, like, overt horror. Yeah. Arachnophobia-esque? No, that's a thrillomedy. I hate that any time I bring up that movie, you say that shit. They used to... No, I mean more, like, in, in, like, content. Yeah, except term, for the humor. That's what except I was, for the humor. That's what yes. I was trying to get at with the thrillomedy bit. Oh my god! I'm sorry. They used it in all their advertising, and I think it's stupid. So I bring it up all the time. I know you do. Just like hallucinations. Oh my god! I think there's a hallucination clip in this episode. I want to <laughs> strangle this motherfucker. Don't know if I clipped it. I hope you did, because if you didn't, I'm gonna be pissed. With that being said, do you want to give it a rating? Look, I like this movie. I think it's super fun. I like the creature. I like a lot of it. The atmosphere is incredible. But I don't know how much the back half of this film impacts my rating. Like, the front half is so fucking good, Ben. The atmosphere is so good. They do so much to establish so much cool shit. It's gut-wrenching. I think the monster's super dope. And I I think coming from, I don't know, what I kind of wanted from a neo-monster movie, it kind of hit all my... Things I wanted, like I, I don't, I'm not lacking anything, but I don't think I can give it a five. No, because I'd be upset if you gave it a five. <laughs> this film's decent, but it does not deserve a five. No, but I like it. Yeah, well, you can like a lot of stuff. I do like a lot of stuff. You um, like Night of the Lepus, the so film. we we've never considered you a very reliable critic on this oh, show. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I feel like I'm pretty reliable. I've never given a film. You just a called five Night of the Leap is a perfect film. Because it is. Four. 
I think I can give it a four pretty solidly. I kind of want to give it a four and a half, but I'll keep it at a four because I think you're kind of right. The back half is weak, but I, I, I'm really edging to a four and a half, but I'll give it a four. Are you really edging it? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've kind of heard my, my reasonings throughout this episode, but a big thing to stick with is that the ending of the film is a little rough for me. And more importantly with that, I've seen a lot of monster movies. I mean, I saw all the neo-monster movies on the board this season, and I've watched more monster movies than I think Bob's seen movies in general. (laughs) You might be right. Just because I really like them, and for a long time it was like my favorite genre. Just because I think they're really fun a lot of the times. But when you watch a lot of monster movies, um, you get to a point where like the main thing you look for is a unique monster, and this film doesn't really have that yeah it's vaguely unique but it's the difference between like i don't know dracula and a vampire oh i thought you were gonna bring it full circle to the beginning of the episode but you didn't do it nosferatu there it is yeah that's what i wanted well no nosferatu and dracula are pretty different but maybe that's a better comparison but like the point being is like the difference between pumpkin head and a xenomorph is not significant enough for me to be, like, wowed by this creature. Which is, again, it's a frustration thing. Same thing with the back end of this movie, where it's, like, the front end of this movie is so good that the back half is frustrating. You know, the front half of this movie is so good that the creature reveal is frustrating, because it's not up to snuff, I think. Like, this, if it had been any other movie, it would have been fine. But because the front half of this movie is very good... And also stars an Aliens actor. Yeah. It just, it really stands out. So, you know, for that reason, it does do a big takeaway for me. Especially once you've seen this movie a couple times. So, I I don't think I can give it, like, a super high rating. Not that it's a bad film, but I I think I'm going to go with, like, a three and a half. Yeah, that's kind of where I expect you to fall. Yeah. Because it does much better than, like, the concept, I think. Oh, yeah. But there is... There's just some things keeping me from giving it a four. And I think there's definitely some issues that keep me from going, like, higher than a four. Same as Bob. Yeah. But I think the difference between our two ratings is just personal experience with the monster. Yeah, and I think... I think... I think you're right. I think if you've seen... Once you see all the Alien films, we'll see maybe come back to this film by yourself. Yeah. And see how it looks. Especially Aliens. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Stan Winston, you know, worked on that, too. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I guess I I just liked it so much that I That's fine. That yeah. I, I just can't That's my, fair. My perspective is skewed just as yours is in the same in a very different way. Mine is skewed by experience. Yeah, mine is skewed by inexperience. Innocence, some might say. Two ends of the spectrum, Benjamin. Anyways, on that note though, I guess we're gonna go to the outtakes. Yeah, we didn't yeah. lose them this time. So there'll be more. Yeah, we didn't lose the outtakes Even this time. Though on 1 million BC, there was a solid, like, five and a half minutes of outtakes. Ben's oh. looking, making a face. He hasn't listened no, to the episode No, I was like, yet. I haven't listened to that episode. I was thinking Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. No. There was, like, nothing There was that nothing one. to that. Because it was that's, just... That's why I was confused. It was just us, like, chuckling and chuffing. All there right, was well... something interesting. Oh, we're going to go to the outtakes now. Yeah. We'll see you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our view of Pumpkinhead so far. I like this movie. I think it's super duper fun. But without further ado, let's get in 
to the outtakes. This first clip is our reaction to seeing Pumpkin Head in the cold open. Whoa! Holy shit! I don't know what the hell I just saw, but that looked crazy. Oh my god, it looks like a fucking xenomorph. Yeah. This next clip is me saying something extremely stupid. I really hope this dog doesn't die. Oh my god, I just thought about that. I give a shit about this dog. Nothing bad has ever happened to a dog in a film we've watched, Bob. This next clip is Ben making fun of the way one of the characters says the name of the film. Is that why you fucking said it like yeah. that whenever you did the intro, you some bitch? Pumpkinhead. Oh my god. This next clip is me reacting to a classic fear that I have. A throwback from season one. <gasps> oh, spiders. Fuck me. This house is everything you hate. This next clip is my opinion about the old woman in this film, and I stand by this statement. Ugh. What a disgusting old bitch. <laughs> my hatred for this old hag grows. She is fucking wretched. Every single frame with this bitch in it is disgusting. Yeah, and it couldn't get any worse. What do you mean it couldn't get any worse? I don't know. Nothing. What I mean, does that mean? I mean nothing by that. You mean something. This next clip is Ben making a joke that I hate. No way. It's an hallucination, Bob. That wasn't funny. I hate that joke, but that's fucking terrifying. This next clip is my reaction to one of my favorite kills in the entire film. Goodbye, bitch. Uh, actually, you're not that. You're. She's nice, actually. Well, she's not nice, but she's not atrocious. This thing is so lithe and like huge, but also fast as balls. How'd they do that? That looks sick. Oh, it dropped her on a rock. You don't survive that. But yeah, she's dead. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. Do we have any announcements? Ben? Um... Nothing specific, but I think we're looking at doing a Christmas movie. Yeah. And a maybe a New Year's movie this year. Yeah, I would think we would. There's one in particular that we both want to watch. Basically, we're probably going to do a Christmas movie or a holiday movie, whatever you want to call it. And that's going to come out sometime around Christmas. I was going to put it out Christmas Day. Whenever Bob releases it. And then if we have time, we'll try and record a New Year's movie. <laughs> and that should maybe come out on New Year's. Yeah, New Year's Eve. Like January 1st. Yeah, midnight. so uh, I guess look for those. They don't come up. There will be some issues, but we'll tell you. Mm -hmm. At least on Twitter or something. Um, otherwise, you know, check us out every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places. We're also on YouTube, which is not like the best place for listening to podcasts. But it's kind of nice because it... It's a place where you can show us some support with your like likes, subscriptions. Uh, it's also kind of nice because of some of the tools it offers. There's a little bell button that you can smack, and that'll let you get notified whenever we post a new video, which you know is the same time we upload 
anywhere in case we drop a random episode without telling you beforehand. I try not to do that, but sometimes we forget to announce things. Yeah, basically. Uh, in a similar vein, there's also another tool on there like the search button, which is really handy because we have so many episodes now. And if there's a specific movie you're looking for, it's much easier to search the title on YouTube, figure out what episode that is, and then listen to it either there or over on like Spotify or something. Otherwise, YouTube's nice because it's one of the two major places you can communicate with us at. You can do that in the comment section of a specific video, or you can go over to Twitter, at BewareTheBoard, and um, talk to Bob. Maybe um, ask him about some vengeance you can enact on your enemies. Okay. Maybe, I didn't know if you were going to be weird about that one. Maybe he can get you in contact with a really old lady. Well, no, I can't do that. Tell you the directions to a pumpkin patch. I hate old people. I'll stand by that statement. There is an episode, I think it's like episode like fucking six or something. I hate old people, still stands. Bob's afraid of them. They're scary. They're terrifying. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter, at BewareTheBoard. I was going to say, one day you will be old, but then I was like, ah. <laughs> oh, God, shut up. You can't... <laughs> That's not for the audience to know. Not at all. Unrelated. Check us out on Twitter at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show, information about the show. Basically, if there's anything you want to know about the show, it goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal so you can watch the movie before we do. So that when we release the episode, you don't get any spoilers and we're being really vague about stuff. You kind of know what we're talking about. Then on Fridays or whatever the episode goes live, I always post a link to the episode with maybe a meme. So if you ever miss an upload or want to sum one up, there's always a link there. Last thing, we do short form content on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. Do we though? Uh, do we though, Bob? I try. I'm sorry. Do you? Ah, uh, fuck you. You know what? You want? I try. Okay, they're hard. I know. I just give you shit, but yeah, I know. You haven't posted in a while. I know. I have one semi done. <laughs> I was gonna say. I know you don't have it done because you would have sent it to me. Yeah, it's halfway there. It's been halfway there for like. A month. Yeah, but work has been hell lately, and I've been getting out really late and I haven't had time. So if you like short form content and like the show, check us out on TikTok app Where the Board and on YouTube Shorts. I think that's it, Ben. All right. Well, uh, we'll get we'll take. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I just had a stroke there. All the stress finally got to me. You know what? We're gonna pause this outro for a second. You guys didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, God, you're going to tell him? Oh, I was going to leave him. it out. We spent an hour troubleshooting here because halfway be- between recording the post, everything crashed. Yeah. Bob's hard drive died, and we had to recover it. Yeah, we got – I don't know how long the post ended up being, but we got 41 minutes in, and the, the program crashed, and we had to recover the file somehow. And it's going to be a scuffed edit. So if at one point Bob sounds suddenly more tired, yep, that's why. There's a time skip, and yeah. it's about an hour. Maybe you didn't know until you got here. Yeah, maybe maybe it was seamless, and I'm, like, amazing at my job. But, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Hopefully it doesn't crash then, too.